1: Are you waiting to get your confidence
0: up before trying something scary? Do you feel like you need to hide your fears from yourself and the world? And how does avoiding risk
1: zap your energy and kill your enjoyment for life? Big Wave World Champion surfer Greg Long nearly drowned and then went Christmas shopping the very next day. While his body may have recovered quickly, his fears and confusion about living Took a far greater toll. Welcome to The New Man. Today we're talking with Greg Long. He is the current big wave world champion. Greg, thanks so much for being here.
2: Thanks for having me, Chip. It's an uh, honor and a privilege.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to have some fun today, but we're also going to talk about some very, very serious stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about how you almost died. We're going to talk about how that's impacted how you live now. And for the guy listening, for, for the guy that's like on a treadmill in Chicago, Let's help him see his own thoughts and fears from a different perspective. Because uh, I've read some of the things you've been writing and 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 sharing about this this experience over the last year or so, and I, I think anybody can gain so much from it. So, but let's let's just dive in. I mean, tell us what happened to you on December twenty first, two
2: thousand twelve. Uh, I guess before we get to that, I mean. In a nutshell, um you know my passion has been riding big waves since I was about fourteen years old. That's so what I've dedicated my my life to. It's you know, it's my life's work, my passion. yeah, been a, a global pursuit, you know, ever since then, for me, from about eighteen until now, I'm thirty years old. And I don't think and guys I don't think
1: guys really get what you put into it. you You're traveling pretty much year round following the biggest storms and the biggest waves, uh, out there. This is, this isn't just Jeff Spicoli and his stoner buddies, um, you know, hopping in a van and going down to Baja.
2: I mean, big, big wave surfer, professional big wave surfer is essentially doing that, uh, you know, 12 months of the year tracking the most significant storm events, you know, in the oceans around the globe. And, you know, at the drop of a hat, basically, you know, and then going to these different breaks that, you know, we know of, and then trying to find nuance to, uh, ride the biggest, you know, possible waves in the world. Um so there's a, a I mean, the life's work of, you know, physical preparation, or uh, mental preparation and you know, just in, ensuring that, you know, you're in, in top, you know, peak um, form for every single one of these uh, you know, uh sessions comes about because uh, there's, you know, serious consequences as I came to to find out on December, you know, 21st last year um uh, you know, where it was a perfect storm of a situation. Um, you know, I wiped out on a wave and I essentially drowned. You know, that's the, the, the short, uh, cliff notes version of it. Um, and I you own know, the, the, the risks and the consequences of, of being out there. Um, you know, I've, I've lost, you know, very close friends, um, you know, in this, you know, pursuit of riding big waves in the past. Um, and I've had a couple close calls uh, as well myself, but, but I experienced that day, and and what I went through, you know, it was beyond anything that I'd really ever imagined. Um,
1: You're one of the more prepared guys that that you you have a lifeguarding background, is that right?
2: Yeah, um, I grew up. My father was a lifeguard, so um, from the youngest of age, you know, we were instilled with, you know, the real, I mean, detailed. I guess respect for the ocean and um approaching it from a safety standpoint that you know you're minimizing the risks that you're taking before you go out there. And um that's something I've applied to every single um you know endeavor in, in my life, you know, when it comes to you know dealing with the ocean, whether it's you know, diving, surfing, swimming, and um and, and especially big wave surfing because there are you know, significant risks to it. As I was um, speaking of earlier, and i you know, the possibility that you could go out there and drown is is very real. It's um, it's happened to a number of our friends before. And, you know, we've all had close calls. So before going out there, essentially what you want to do is, you know, eliminate all of the controllable variables, which is, you know, your physical preparation, mental preparation, you know, the equipment, the safety that you have in, in place. So if something does go wrong, you know, everything that, you know, you can, you know, actually control to help you, you know, remedy whatever situation it is, you know, it's there and it's in place. And um, then, uh, I, I guess one of the key factors to, to the success, you know, in, in my you know, big wave surfing career and what ultimately led to uh, you know, my life being saved that day at Cortez Bank.
1: Yeah, so you weren't being reckless. You had you brought your own safety crew. This wasn't just like, "Hey, let's go have some fun." You, you, you are so known for your preparation and actually pushing the sport forward uh, in this way. And even then, even with all of this preparation, um, the uncertainty is still there. The risk is still there, and you still almost lost your life. Describe what it, what it, what a two or three wave hold down is.
2: Um, in big wave surfing, uh, when you fall on a wave, you're dealing with such an intense, um, amount of water. Everyone knows how strong and powerful the ocean is. So when you're putting yourself, you know, out there, when it's at its, you know, biggest, uh, you know, wildest states, you know, waves in excess of, you know, 40, 50, 60 feet on the face, you're dealing with volumes of water that, um, you have no physical control over what happens when you fall. It's a matter of, you know, what the ocean is going to do, you know, to you. And that usually entails, you know, being held down a very long time and, you know, your body being you know, torn, just this ragdoll motion of, you know, appendages flying every single which way. And, um, and sometimes, uh, the hold downs are so long that you won't actually get back to, up to the surface before a second wave will wash over you. And that's what we call a two-way hold down. And, um, those are actually commonplace in big wave surfing, something that, uh, you know, anyone who's been doing it for a significant amount of time has, has dealt with a two wave hold down. Um, you know, that day at Cortez, what I actually experienced was a three wave hold down, um, and I blacked out, uh, right before getting to the surface after the third wave and then a fourth wave over me. But, um, in between those two, I actually, um, you know, swimming for the surface after the first wave, I had the second wave knock all the wind out of me, um, which is really what took you know what probably you know something I, I, I could have survived and you know turned it into you know the grave situation, which you know uh, you know led to me being you know pulled out of the water, uh, essentially lifeless by my rescue team.
1: So let's go through this. so you're you're climbing your leash back up to the surface. And you hear the waves, the wave coming, and you get you, you know that second wave knocks knocks the, the air out of you, and you're climbing up the third time for the you know the third wave that's coming. Your body's convulsing. What's going through your mind there as you are talking to yourself and telling yourself not to take a breath because if you take if you let your body take over, you know you're gonna die.
2: Right, um, I I went um down wave, and that wave pushes me so deep and holds me down for so long, I'm actually contemplating, you know, do I just relax? You know, that, that's the key to surviving um, a big wipeout, is you have to relax. Um, if you struggle, if you panic, if you start fighting, you're going to be burning up, you know, the oxygen, the energy that you have, and, um, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know stay under the water as long as you need to. So it's it's all about, you know, controlling the mind and relaxing. And I'm down there for so long after the first wave that, you know, I start to think, okay, the second one has to be coming any second now. Um, you know, do you stay down here or do you actually, you know, swim for the surface and try and get that breath? And I decided to, you know, make a break for the surface. And it was about, you know, six or seven, you know, really big strokes up to the surface. And as I'm getting close, The second wave actually lands right on top of me and knocks all the wind out of me before I'm able to get uh, up there and get that breath. So uh, I'm pushed right back down to where I was probably 15 seconds before, only this time, you know, everyone knows that feeling when you have the wind knocked out of you. There's just this insatiable desire to, you know, take that breath expressive air and reinflate the lungs. But I know if I do that, that's, you know, that's, that's it for me because I still have a long time, you know, being this deep under the water before I'm ever going to be able to get to the surface. And if I breathe and inhale, inflate my lungs, flood my lungs essentially with water, that's that's the end of the game. So it became a, a total um, game of, of mind control, that, um, you know, I've been in really bad situations before in big waves where, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm running out of air. I need to get to the surface, but never one that was so intense, as this, that, um, instantly my body's, you know, convulsing, just begging me to, you know, inflate my lungs, but I know I can't. Um, and the only way that I was able to hang on as long as I did was I simply did not and admit to myself that I actually need to do this. Um, it was just this repetitive mantra in in my head of you know I'm okay. I'm gonna get to the surface. Just relax. And it, it's amazing through the you know training that I've gone through over the years of learning to hold my breath extended periods of time, knowing you know what's actually happening uh, you know physiologically you know inside of me that um, even when you don't have any air, that your bloodstream is still so saturated with oxygen that you can hang on a long time before you'll black out. But it's just a matter of overcoming, you know, that uh physical sensation that your body's, you know, kind of just checking in with you, telling you, hey, you need to breathe, you're running out of air. But you're able to overcome that. And that was, you know, knowledge that came through, you know, years of training and preparation. Um, but the hardest thing in, in this world is you know, this mind, this, this mental chatterbox, um, that will, you know, even though you better, you know, in, in so many situations, uh, you know, if you take a second to slow down and mindfully, you know, process, you know, what's happening around you, you still have this ego and chatterbox of saying, that like, you have to do this, you have to do this, Um uh, when you know it's not in your best interest. So, when you're able to overcome that mentally and, uh, you know you open up a whole new world of of, of potential, as you know I did down there, of just simply you know knowing you know that I can hang on longer than what my body's physically telling me to. And I'm just you know mentally, you know believe that, go into that space where you're not questioning yourself. and um, so I just hang on for for a bit. Um, after the second wave, um, you know actually, Pushed me back down. I was so deep that I didn't even have a chance to swim through the surface before the third wave came over. And in big wave surfing, a threefold dunk hasn't isn't really been heard of before. Yeah. Um, you know that's usually what results from uh, you know the drowning. Um, and uh, you know, in in most cases, you know, with a few of our friends and, and other situations, you know, we haven't been able to to get to them in time. So I end up actually. Climbing my leaf, hand over fist for the for the surface, um, and I fight my way all the way up. And you know, my body at, at this point has just yeah you know, is going into you know the full you know, seizure convulsions, and um, you know extremities are starting to tingle. Body's I know that I'm yeah getting you know very close to blacking out. Um, and it was right before I got to the surface. I actually I I did lose consciousness that I never you know got up to there before, um, you know, under my own power. And But all the while at the surface, I had, you know, a, a rescue team in place, um, you know, and, and they were following, you know, tracking my board, which is, you know, still attached to my leash, attached to my leg. Um, you know, the entire time they knew exactly where I was and, you know, knew that I never actually made it to the surface. So at that point I had, you know, three different, um, uh, jet ski operators, you know, following my every single move. And, um, the fourth wave washes over me and we're, we're surfing at this place called the Cortez bank. It's an underwater seamount, a hundred miles off the coast of uh, California, here, Southern California. There's no landmass in sight. And, you know, the very inside of this wave, it's just this tumultuous array of, um, you know, churning water and foam and waves coming in every single direction. It's, it's a terrible place that you don't want to be in. And that's where you go after, you know, a series of wipeouts and, um, or a series of, you know, successive waves. And so my team's following, you know, my board and they know it's, it's something serious that's happening here. And, um, after the fourth wave washed over me, I get pushed way inside, you know, to where, you know, they thought that I would have come up and it takes them a few minutes to track down where my board is. And you know because I made it so close to the surface, um, you know, and under my own power, I actually I floated up relatively quick. And um, they saw you know that I was I was lifeless, I was unconscious, mm-hmm. and floating face down in the water. Um, one of them rushes in, uh, actually dives off the ski, bear hugs me through another wave, and then the other two uh, rescue operators come around and help you know extract my body out of the water onto we have these rescue sweats on the back of the skis and then transport me back to the main boat. So it was one of those, um, you know, had they not been there that, you know, that was it, you know, I I had drowned and, and, you know, that was, uh, the end of this life as, as I knew it. So, but fortunately they, they did get to me in time. Um, and, you know, there's a kind of whole series of, again, you know, biological, physiological reactions that your body goes through when it blacks out or loses consciousness in water that, uh, led to me being saved. Um, and, you know, one of them is called a larynx spasm reflex. When you lose consciousness in water is if you don't give up and take that breath and, you know, uh, flood your lungs with water, uh, your throat muscles and face muscles will constrict. And, um, At that time, the last of the oxygen in your bloodstream is drawn up to your brain to preserve it. And this reflex, it'll hang on until the very last moment until all that oxygen's, you know, been used up, at which point, um, you know, the muscles will release and you'll take that, you know, if you're still in water, you know, then you enter a whole world of, you know, an emergency resuscitation, getting, you know, water from the lungs and a whole new world of complications. But, they got to me before that actually happened. So um, I had checked out, you know, I wasn't conscious and I was about five minutes before I actually came back, you know, to when I was on the boat. Yeah. But um, they never actually had to give me CPR. Um, you know, my heart had, had basically, you know, slowed to a complete stop, you know, and they got me back there and, uh, you know, they were you know checking for a pulse uh, for a long time. Actually, you know, I, I didn't have a, a readable, you know, uh, Pulse and and but I was actually you know starting to move and and still you know subtly breathing. Um, so about as close as you you come to uh you know to, to, to yeah. drowning and dying and 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 coming back and and uh being able to you know come back and play the game again.
1: Yeah, well, um, yeah, I'm just stupefied. I don't know what to say. The the, the <laughs> so you talked about the physiological, you talked about the biological part you know, most of us, we think about death, but we're really most afraid of dying. And you got to experience what could have been your death uh, consciously. What was, what was going on in your mind? I mean, were you just so focused on don't breathe, don't breathe, don't breathe, you're fine, you know, telling yourself that? Or, did, or were other things going through your mind there? Because you knew as you were counting waves that you were, you were up shit creek. So what was, uh, yeah, what was going through your mind there? And, and what was happening for you emotionally?
2: At that point, um, I I knew how serious the situation is, and um, I wasn't even going to... I I didn't even allow myself to question, you know, where I was, um, you know, start to think about, okay, I'm going to drown here thinking about my friends. And and the reason for that is simple, that I knew how serious the situation was and that, you know, my life was, you know, seriously compromised at this point in time. Um, and those thoughts, that's wasted energy. When you're down there, um, you know, anything that isn't going to be, that wasn't going to be constructive to me getting to the surface, which is where I needed to be, I wasn't even going to. An ounce of my energy, even as subtle as it is, that mental thought of you know, oh, what about you know my family? You know, yeah, it, it didn't it didn't come into the picture. There'll be plenty of time to contemplate that after. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that, that, that I'm, I'm, I'm sure in that moment, um, all I needed you know, could do was relax and just pay so close attention to. It's weird, it was like one foot was in the game of, okay, I need to, you know, stay present and fight and get to the surface, but the other part had, you know, moved itself from, you know, the physical stress that I was, I was under, that duress, that, you know, insatiable desire to breathe and, you know, the body convulsing, because it's the most agonizing feeling in the world. Anybody who knows, you know, what, what that's like when they're holding their breath and you start getting those diaphragm contracts. and I was at such an extreme state of that for so long. I, I couldn't actually really be, um, entirely present in, in that physical body. So I had, you know, through sort of practice meditation in a way, checked out, uh, from that. Um, but all the while keeping, you know, once one in, you know, the reality of what I needed to do to get from, you know, point A to point B to the surface to get that breath. So, um, you know, it was just total focus concentration on, on that task at hand, but almost from a, a distance. Um, so it is like nothing I'd ever had experienced before. Um, or, or, you know, I, I knew, I always knew I was capable of it, but it was kind of one of those situations, you know, when, until your life's you know actually on the line, you know, you hear these stories of, of people who have superhuman strength of lifting cars off people and, you know, in, in moments when they need to, it's almost one of those, it's as cliche as it is, like, you know, I I found, you know, my greatest, you know, mental potential at the time that, you know, I needed it most because I had no other choice and, and I wasn't going to um, to give up that man.
1: Yeah. Wow. All right. So in that moment, the emotional, all the story kind of stuff went away. You just stayed focused on the task at hand, which was to not breathe, which was to get to the surface um, when, did, when did, you know, so they, they fly you back, they airlift you back because you're a hundred miles offshore the Coast Guard comes out and gets you and takes you back in. When did, when did it start to hit you or or how did it start to hit you, the enormity of what happened that you almost lost your life?
2: It's, it hit me as soon as I regained consciousness on the boat. Um, you know, so they got me back to the main support boat. I'm there on the back swim step, um, for a uh, a minute or two, um, you know, they can see that I'm subtly breathing, and, I, and I'm I'm there. Um, and then all of a sudden, like that, the lights come back on, and there was a, a very um, euphoric spiritual sort of um, you know journey that happened in that time of, of losing consciousness. There, which is a story for a whole other time. But um, as soon so as you, I began you were having an this,
1: experience while you were unconscious, is that what you're saying?
2: Yes, it, it, it was. Um, you know. Beyond beyond words, and, and again, it, it, it'll be a whole nother hour long uh, discussion we'll have at some point uh, down the road. But um
1: okay, can I get your so word on can, that? Yes, okay, absolutely, good.
2: Um, so I regain consciousness, and I just start vomiting blood, oh. um coughing up blood, and foamy little bit of water that I that I had at some point aspirated, but it wasn't you know the full you know lungs you know fluid purging of the water and. Um, Yeah, the blood was coming from, you know, ruptured internal capillaries due to the, you know, stress of holding the breath and, and a whole, there's a, you know, another, you know, biological explanation of what happened internally, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to breathe. Um, you know, every exhales, you know, blood, every single inhale, it's just kind of, you know, a little bit of oxygen and, and it was just, it was the worst physical sensation I'd ever, you know, been through, uh, broken bones and had all sorts of injuries, but this was happening. It was, it was horrendous, but I was there and alone and I knew instantly what had happened. Sandy was asked, you know, who got to me first, which was actually, you know, one of my really good friends from Hawaii. who'd specifically flown out, you know, to do rescue DK Walsh. And, um, and in those moments, you know, I, you know, just this rush of emotion you know when you come that close to losing your life and can sit here and and think about you know how lucky you are to still be here um you know and and it was difficult because i guess really at that point my you know my one goal was to just focus on breathing and, Mm -hmm. and really just relax um the coast guard's flown out 100 miles um they're actually on another call and so it took them about six hours to get there so i'm i'm on the back of the boat Actually, inside the boat at this point in time, you know, hooked up to oxygen, and just you know, trying not to move, just to relax, and you know, I'm thinking about my my life, mm. everything that led me to to that point. Um, you know, just the looks on my you know friends of concern and love, you know, on my friends' faces. My brother was right there, um, thinking about you know. I listened to him call my family from the satellite phone and, and, you know, basically said, you know, you know, dad, you know, Greg drowned. They got to him in time. You know, he's you know, still coughing up a lot of blood. We don't know if he's, you know, uh, punctured a lung or what sort of internal injuries he has, you know, close coming to fly him home. And in those moments, you're just like, how the fuck did I, you know, did I get here? Like, this is okay. So this is my life's like work and passion has led me to this point of you know, putting all of my friends and my family through, you know, just you know, such a heavy emotional, you know, situation, um, and and all for what, really?
1: Um, it sounds you like know, you, were, you. Was it like an anger or a frustration or like a sense of betrayal? What, what was? What would? What, how would you describe that?
2: Um, it it was really just it was total confusion. I mm-hmm. mean, because. I get asked that all the time, you know, like why do you actually ride big waves? You know, you've lost, you know, your best friend doing it. One of your best friends doing it. You know, there's been other people who've drowned doing it. You know, it's, you know, it's so selfish of you that, you know, you go out here and you do this and it's, you know, you know, for your satisfaction, let you know there's people that, you know, love and care about you and you've got family and friends. And, you know, those are common things that, you know, people ask me like, you know, are, do you just not, care about you know the rest of life that you're going to take these risks and um and you know and, and I'd always had it always had an answer for it and, and it still holds true is that uh you you have to be doing what you love in this world what what drives you where, where you feel alive and a, a big part of that um under, under different contexts for different people is is taking risks and challenging yourself um, that that's our our purpose here, you know, in, in this life as human beings, to continually push and challenge ourselves, um, you know, to grow physically, mentally, and, and spiritually. And big wave surfing became my my means of doing that. That you know, it, it, in a way, it was almost as if I was, uh, you know, and I do think this often, um, you know, something I, I was born into this life and meant to do this. That I wouldn't have had all the opportunities leading me to having the comfort that I do in the ocean and, you know, being exposed to riding big waves if I wasn't meant to do it. Mm. And, um, it, it, became my arena for challenging myself to find out what I'm physically capable of. And, and more importantly, what I'm mentally, um, you know, in those moments out there, it's complete and total concentration. And you're dealing with, you know, so many fear inducing situations that when you're able to you know understand those emotions that, that come about from, you know those uh, events in the ocean, and how to control that fear, not let it, you know, take control of your life, but actually use it as a means of motivating you. You know, you take that. You know, I've taken what I've learned from the ocean and applied it into every single other aspect of my life, and you know, it's been one of the single greatest greatest features for right, me. Right. Um, and it's always why I knew, you know, why I'm out there doing it, and. You know, yes, there's risks involved and there's dangers involved, but, you know, live your life, you know, worrying about those, you know, and, and as we spoke spoken earlier, uh, you know, you're able to manage the risks that we take out there through, you know, you're doing something that, yes, is risky, is dangerous, but you're doing it in a way that, um, you're managing the risks and, and it, it's not, you know, I guess doing risky, something risky in an risky way. Um. And I, I love it. It's where I feel alive. So that's why I knew it, and you know why I, I eventually went back, and and I'm doing it again. Although it took me a long time to get back to that place of actually enjoying, you know, uh, you know, being in the ocean, riding big waves, um, and and having the confidence to do it. And I'm I'm still not. Even close to having that same mindset that I did, you know, prior to that accident.
1: What's shifted for you? Because I, you've you've talked a bit about in in other areas. You are I've been reading and, and following you through this. You know, there was the event that happened on that day. You recovered physically rather, you know, relatively quickly. But then there's been this road of coming back mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and talk about this doubt. I can imagine the guy that's out there listening like, well, I, you know, I've, t- I've stepped off this path of safety and certainty and now I'm in the unknown. I'm following the, my passion. I'm I'm following a life of purpose and shit, it's hard. Like, it's confusing because it seems like it should, like, isn't it supposed to be the yellow brick road? It's supposed to just kind of, you know, kind of lead me on its way and, and this this almost killed you. And, right. and ah. it's like, wait, wait a second, how, how does this work here? I'm following my passion. There, it seems like we're kind of expecting that things would open up at that point and and we could lose our lives doing the things that we love. So I can imagine, I don't know, was that confusing for you? I mean, kind of walk us through how you were putting the pieces back together this last year.
2: Absolutely. So I, I mean, I was airlifted from Cortez Bank to the hospital. I spent the whole night in the hospital, just, you know, uh, you know, CAT scans, you know, x-rays, everything. I'm fine, Mm -hmm. you know. and i walk out of there the next morning i walk out of there and i go home and i get in my car and i go do my christmas shopping oh my
1: god like 24 hours later you're out christmas shopping
2: literally literally 24 hours later i hadn't done you know the christmas shopping because i was so focused on the swells and traveling and all the rest and and i'm literally i'm walking around the the freaking mall just going so this is this is life huh like
1: I could be in a box it, right now. I should be in a bag it, exactly right now. Exactly
2: like you know, two years you know, less than twenty four hours ago, you know, I was, you know it it just it didn't make sense sense to me. Like you know, there's so many questions, you know, that then go through your mind of like how and why and you know, you've, you know, essentially became the observer of, of just life in, in general. And I was always you know, very attentive to you know, and mindful of my surroundings, even more so now in those moments. And uh, um, and it actually took a while for all to settle in. Um, you know, it was almost just processing all this over and over and over again. Or, I mean, I speak of it as if as if I'm done doing it, but I'm but I'm not. You know, I still am, but. Um, To kind of lay out the sequence of events, you know, less than a month later, you know, there's one of the prominent big wave contests up at Mavericks in Northern California. So I I literally, I got home feeling good every single day, you know, started, you know, training again, really kind of strengthening my lungs. It made have been through a lot of just kind of physical trauma. So there was a bit of work to do there. And, you know, a month later, I paddled back out to, you know, this contest at at Mavericks big wave contest and, uh, you know, ended up getting third in and then, you know, I surfed another one up in Oregon, like, a week later, and I got second in that one. Um, and, and I never actually, like, slowed down for a second to think, you know, about what was what was happening. But, um, you know, I went back out there, and, you know, I went through the motions of, of riding big waves, but um, I'll tell you, I had... I was so fearful, you know, I, I didn't want to be there the second that I you know touched the water, it just felt so foreign and you know like this place I, I didn't want to go back to that everything that you know my life had been built upon you know had been pulled from from underneath my feet that I, I went through those contests, and I feel like, and I know it was only because it was a contest with people watching you know my ego and you have to do this that I was actually able to you know paddle into those ways because after those two events you know, and having that, I guess, extra pressure of like, you know, you have to do this, you know, you have to perform, um, you know, my confidence was gone. The next session after that, I paddled out in, you know, where there was no, you know, pressure of performing, um, you know, doing anything. I literally, I sat out the back and, you know, beyond, you know, the lineup of where everyone was sitting, you know, another, you know, 10, 15 yards, which is kind of what I do sometimes sort of waiting for the biggest waves. But, yeah. um, I sat there and and I didn't even want to paddle for a wave that I I just, I didn't want to catch a wave and I didn't want to be there yet. Here I was putting myself out there because that's what, you know, that's what I do. And it was, was it like,
1: was it like the gym coach or the, you know, the, 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 the football coach we had growing up that was like, just rub some dirt on it and get out there. Or, I mean, was this part of you? Like, I just need to fight through this and do this or was it, you mentioned ego a little bit ago, but really what, what, what were you doing sitting on your board out there?
2: That I mean, that that was all I all I knew. That, that my life, you know, had been one hundred percent dedicated to big wave surfing. Mm. That it was my love, passion, my one road that I knew and always felt that I was meant to walk down, and um, and that's what I, I had done. You know, you ask any one of my friends, probably the most intense, dedicated, driven of anybody to 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 be riding you know these swells around the world to be everywhere every single possible time and and catching the biggest waves so that's what i did you so who am i who
1: am i if i'm not riding big waves is that the question like
2: exactly yeah and
1: um, Which I can imagine for some guys out there, like just to put it back into perspective, like these guys, guys lose their job or they 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 get to the end of where they feel they are in some career or whatever. But that's what they're up against is like, well, shit. Who am I if I'm not married to this woman? Who am I if I don't have this girlfriend? Who am I if I don't have this job or this career? And we'd rather stay in that shitball place where we don't feel great, we don't feel like we're ourselves, than than step into that next phase of uncertainty. Does that resonate for exactly. you? Yeah.
2: That's that's, that's exactly it. And so I, you know, tried to get back on that horse that I'd ridden for so long. And I was out there and I just, I had zero confidence and I had no, there was no love for it at that point. And, uh, that was the hardest thing for me to come to terms with because that's what it was all about, you know, from the very beginning and, and how I even got into this because I enjoyed it so much. So, um, I started questioning, you know, who I was, what I was doing. You know why was I out there? And that lack of confidence that I'd always had—it was, you know, it was gone. And that started to permeate into every other aspect of my life. You know, my was you know, going through. I was in a relationship at the time. You know, I just became a sort of, um, you know, in, in a way, almost sort of de- depressed person that mm-hmm. you know ended up, you know, separating. You know, that girl you know, uh, broke up with me because I wasn't, you know, that happy go lucky, you know, person anymore. And, um, and I started to struggle. And, and the worst part was, is that I, you know, it, it, it was an internal struggle with myself that I wasn't going to let the world around me know what I was going through because of, you know, that ego of, you know, I can't, wow. you know, outright admit that I'm having a hard time that I'm, question if I can go back and surf big waves because that's what I get, you know, that's my job. That's what everyone knows me, you know, to be this, you know, great big wave surfer, inspirational figure. And what if all of a sudden I say, I can't do it anymore. Like, you know, then what's going to happen in my career to people's perception of me? Um, And that's the worst thing in, in the world trip is when you when you aren't truthful, you know, number one to yourself and then, you know, to the rest of the world, if you're not speaking and living your truth exactly how you feel and you're just bottling it up and keeping it inside of you that, you know, having gone through that, that absolutely sucks.
1: Well, it's just, it's just I, amazing to put this in perspective because you just described a few minutes ago your almost literal death and now we're talking about the ego death here and how the ego is just clawing and holding on here and, and it's miserable. Like it's just like I I, I don't know I just I just get these two and you're and you're describing this one even as as painful as you it know if not more it's it, because it's drawn out.
2: It is because you're again you're defeating you know that fundamental purpose of um, you know growing, and you're never going to do that if you're living in this you know con- confined place of being able to go beyond. I mean, the, what I came to learn, you know that. Everything around us, I'd always known it, but again, it's this ego thing is what, and, and you know, I'll say it time and again, that keeps you from, you know, actually living you know, these truths that we know inside of us, but, you know. What do you
1: mean by that? Is, wait, 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 that was big. Go back to that. What? What is that? What do you mean by that? The ego is what keeps us from,
2: from what? We, we, we know, um, from, um, from really, you know, expanding and growing beyond in these, you know, diverse or abstract situations that we're put in that the world, you know, it's, it's always changing every single moment around us. And, you know, you have to be able to adapt and, and grow and go with the flow and simply accept that everything that's happening is, you know, for a reason. And, you know, that reason is for that personal mental, physical, spiritual growth that we talked about earlier. Mm. And, um, and rather than fighting it and and rejecting it and, and, you know, living in a state of denial, whatever it is, you know, you've got to just embrace it with open arms and be able to, you know, accept everything that's happening, you know, for the lesson that it's there to teach you. And sometimes it's, you know, obvious straight away and other times you won't realize it down the road, but, um just simply being okay and being able to adapt and, and go and with the flow of life. And and what you know, that would, it, what would it that
1: it, have looked like for you at that time? Just embracing like, okay, I'm depressed. I'm lost. I'm, I don't have it figured out right now. And I, I don't have to be Greg Long. Would that have been like a version of, of being okay with it?
2: But, simply put. Yeah. Of, you know, telling my sponsors, Hey guys, I need to take some time off and, and really, you know, reflect on my life and what big wave surfing means to me right now. Because right now, I don't. I'm not enjoying it, and you know, I don't feel good when I'm out there doing it. Yet here I am, still going to every single swell around the world, you know, with my friends, you know, pretending like I am trying to fight to, you know, get that confidence back. You know, meanwhile, I'm I'm not having fun, and and the more you know, I was fighting and struggling, and and you know, in a way, just you know, that's not the way to get through life, you know, especially since the situations like that, you know, to fight your way back. Um, you know, and so, so I, I just, I was going and it got to a point where I, I didn't have the energy to, to go anymore. You know, I Mm -hmm. I was fighting, 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 and eventually I was just exhausted, you know, emotionally, physically. And, um, so yeah, literally just admitting where you're at, that nothing is ever going to change until you openly accept, you know, the situation, the circumstances around you. So and I can imagine for the. G-
1: oh, well, I was gonna say I just want to dovetail like for that guy that's listening right now that me. You know, we're, if we're trying to avoid looking like we're weak, because that's really what it comes down to. I don't want to appear weak. I don't want to appear less than. I've got to kind of portray myself as a guy that's got it together. Um, that they real the real move there to, towards strength is admitting where we are instead of posturing that that we're that we're not going through this or that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that, I just that, that's such yeah, a big no, point. That that's, that's actually exactly the strength. Big. Yeah.
2: That's it exactly, and um, and the reality is, you know, that that's again our ego, our, you know, worrying of you know about looking vulnerable or you know or, or weak. That's the greatest bunch of bullshit in the world. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell and I'll tell you why. The the only thing that matters is you know your perception of, of reality, and uh, you know everyone. There's gone through you know a world of circumstances, you know, that's led them to seeing, thinking, perceiving the world, you know, um from their unique point of view. And, you know, people may judge or, you know, they may, you know, see things completely different than you. It does mm-hmm. not matter. But the only thing that matters is what's inside of you and, and that is and then you know eventually, you know, being able to share that w- with the rest of the world. So, you know, this fear of being judged by others it's fucking bullshit. You know, that's yeah. one thing that I, I you know, I, I laugh at now and I and I laugh at myself of going there like, why would you actually care, Greg, mm. if somebody is like, oh, you know, Greg, you know, Greg's quitting. He's giving up. He can't do this anymore. Why does it matter? You know, mm-hmm. if, if someone else who's, you know, reading one of my stories from across the other side of the world or, you know, someone was my you know biggest fan, you know, and you know, because I was such a good big wave surfers now, I think less of me because I can't do it anymore. Why doesn't it matter? Yeah, it, it doesn't to me because you know what matters is is my happiness and me being fulfilled. Because until that, you know, until you have that, you can't actually you know give that away and, and share that with other people in, in this world. So um, you know, and and that's part of of life is is being vulnerable. It's something I've actually you know come to love and enjoy since this whole experience. That that's when you're. Really, you know, being forced to slow down and reflect and question where you're at, and you find that you know, real growth. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, kind of it, like it's kind of the like there's h-
1: this like I always think of it like this like a video game. Like the first phase of the video game is this is the shit we learn on the playground growing up. Like we got to posture, we got to puff ourselves up. You can't be a pussy. That whole thing, and then we realize like we we run it we hit a wall with that at some point. Like well, wait a second, this only takes us so far, and that. It's like the the whole thing flips at some point. Like the, you know, like we've reached the end of that level. And we know we've reached the end of that level whenever we're exhausted. Whenever things mm-hmm. don't make sense anymore. Things that used to work don't work anymore. And life seems to be really fucking hard now. And then it's like, oh, well, if I'm willing to step into that fear, if I'm willing to step into that vulnerability, that takes real strength. Wait, that was that's everything I've been, you know, said not to do, but that's where life starts to open up again. It seems to flip and go into this whole new direction. Um, but it sounds like that's where you found your life again was when you were willing to step into that vulnerability and be honest.
2: Exactly. I mean, and it literally came with, you know, for, for me, that pivotal moment, you know, I, had been just in my head so long, um, and, you know, a very, you know, specific few close people, you know, my, my closest friend and family actually knew what I was going, you know through. Um, and, and it wasn't until I, I literally wrote, you know, uh, a story, the whole story in an international you know, publication to the world of like, yeah, this is what I went through and this is what, you know, I, what I was feeling. And I didn't want to, you know, and, and I still do question whether or not, you know, I actually want to continue this pursuit of big waves. Mm. Um, and in that moment, you know, I, I felt liberated from all those, you know, constricting emotions that I was holding on to. that I stepped into this world of freedom. I'm like, okay, like you put yourself out there, you just walk through those doors and now the world of opportunity is, is before you to do whatever you want because you've let go of that attachment to, you know, your, your past. And, um, you know, you know there's the analogy that you can't actually, you know, you can't hold on or I'm sorry, you, you can't bring anything else or hold anything else, you know, new in your life. If you're just, you know, clutching to all those things and pieces in the past yeah you know you, you have to let to have something one in in order to bring in you know something entirely you know new and i you know in, in that moment i felt like the world of um you know expectation you know all this stuff um had been lifted and i it instantaneously just felt lighter and, huh. and happier and it was like all right like So you've, you know, you you went through all that and you may not pick up where you left off ever, you know, or go back to that confidence ever again in big wave surfing. And it doesn't matter. Right.
1: Well, I just want to point out that the freedom you got didn't come from you coming to this new place and then like, hey, I've arrived at this new place and now I've got it all figured out and it's all perfect now. It's, it was the freedom came from just like, I'm scared and I'm not sure where things are going. And then you felt free.
2: Exactly. I mean, before, before I even like had my feet back on the ground and, and a direction of, you know, where I was going again, it was, it was literally just opening up my arms to to the world and saying, yeah, you know, bring it, whatever it is, you know, what's happened in the past, you know, that's led me to being here and now with a world of knowledge and, and opportunity and experience. And, um, you know, there's been a, been a serious, you know, twist to the whole plot of this, you know, game of life, you know, this, this story and, um, roll with it because mm-hmm. that's, that's all you can do and you sit here and you try and, you know, yeah, I spoke earlier of, you know, life constantly evolving and changing. You can, you can stay stuck in that, you know, in the past, you know, past yeah. the old story, you know, what what's happened, but it's going to change and it's going to keep twisting and turning and going in different directions and, and you need to be able to just adapt and move with it, you know, yeah. to what feels good in, in that moment in time. And, and often it, it takes you know, some time to figure out what you want to be doing next in, in life. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that's where, you know, the, the scary moments is the uncertainty that you know, people, you know, we've been taught to have this sense of, um, uh, you know, direction, um, uh, you know, or you know, comfort or stability in life. You know that we we know, you know, where our financial incomes coming from that we've got a house and just, you know, the world's solid around us, you know, we've got cars and all the rest of it. That um, You know, and, and yeah, there, there's elements of, you know, reality, that, you know, those things, you know, do, you know, add, add to the comfort of our life and, and, you know, we we can enjoy them and enhance our happiness, I guess, but it's not what makes, you know, the foundation of who we are in the most important elements uh, of life, which is, you know, That's you know love and and true true happiness. That's you know that that comes from within you, not from without these these peripheral materialistic possessions and things. So um, you know I I sat there and I worried about my my career. Was I still going to get paid to travel and you know this dream job of being a professional surfer and right? um, But I I would have gladly any one of those moments given up. You know that financial stability and, and that job of a professional surfer if it meant that I could be, you know, fulfilled and happy inside again. And, you know, if I didn't want to go back out and surf big waves again, you know, I wasn't going to force myself, you know, to doing that, you know, just, you know, to keep a job because I wasn't going to be happy doing it. Why are you going to, you know, why are you going to do it? You know, you're defeating the fundamental, you know, purpose, uh you know, one of the fundamental purposes of living and that's to find joy and happiness.
1: Beautiful. I You know, you you talk about thought control earlier on. It saved your life, um, and then it sounds like it, it, it's also the thing that if we are trying to control ourselves. And I want to say, you know, we're playing defense here. We're playing defense about what what we could lose, how people could see us, the the, the thing that we see. You know, we don't want to see ourselves a certain way, and um, so it's like this. Uh, you know, playing defense in our lives instead of staying curious. Um, but the, you know it's all in our head, so it's it's just a matter of you know watching when it when it's time to have that kind of constricting thought. At one point, it actually saved your life literally, but it was also the thing that was whether you realized it or not, it was the thing that was that was stifling you and killing you and killing definitely killing your vitality and energy. Um, so so you've been in this place, you've been more curious, and then you ended up going back out to Cortez Bank a year a year or so later after after you drowned out there. So you know. Walk what was what was what drew you to come back at, was that ego again? What what was that about?
2: Yeah, the, I mean there was still yeah, you know, I, I thought about it, you know, why why would I want to go back out there? And, you know, all the while once I did, you know you know, admit to the world that, you know, I, I question whether or not, you know, I still enjoy doing this if I want to. Um I I continued to do it, but under my own um uh Under my rules, there wasn't this. I wasn't doing it because I was feeling expected to do it. Mm -hmm. I was doing it because, again, I wanted to explore that, um, you know, those ideas and concepts of of fear, and you know, almost in a way, rising to the challenge. I I interpreted all this end of like, all right, you've been presented probably the greatest mental challenge is to overcome you know, what's, what's happened to you in the past, this very traumatic, you know, incident that's, you know, in a way feels like it's taken from you, you know, uh, you know, this world that that you built around. And it wasn't because I wanted to go back and and regain, you know, that life as it was, you know, I wanted to fully understand, you know, my, uh, you know, my my thoughts, you know, in, in processing all this, and then essentially the fear, which is, you know, one of the single most, you know, paralyzing, you know, emotions in, in our lives the, you know that fear of not being, you know, you talked about not being good enough, being judged by others, um, fear of, of failure. And so I accepted everything that happened. Um and once I slowed down, I was able to, you know, mindfully process it simply as, you know, another challenge to f- further grow and, and explore my mental capabilities. So I you know, kept riding big waves, um, you know, trying to, uh, without the expectation that I had to go out there and perform or be, you know, the standout of any session, uh, but you know, when it felt good for me Mm. and, um, and then I started thinking about going back to Cortez Bank and what that would be like. Mm. Um, and what I would go through mentally out there, um, You know, it was either going to be, you know, the greatest experience ever or, you know, or or potentially the worst. But I, um, I always knew that there'd be something that would happen out there that would, um, you know, it it would stimulate everything again and, and, and bring back, I, I felt like the hardest of emotions, but in In having you know the most challenges the most the greatest challenges in our life is where we're going grow, to grow from the most. so I was going to go back out there and I was going to face you know those extreme fears that I had, um, you know put myself in the exact same place that you know all I had were you know some pretty traumatic you know memories of it, and you know, see if I could actually you know, process those in a mindful way and, and turn them into that same you know positive motivation that I had riding big waves. Um, You know, the waves had given me all along, and I was able to do it. That, yeah, there was a ton of fear. Yeah, Um, but it's only fear is only a fabrication of of our own minds. Yeah, it's something that I, I think a lot of people do know. You know, it's something that they know deep inside of them. But being able to actually implement that idea into their everyday life and their actions is a different story. Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, we create the world around us, you know, in our own minds, you know, the way we perceive, perceive things. Um, and, you know, fear, it's this stimulus response reaction that, you know, okay, something's coming at me, it's intimidating, it's scary, you know, these big waves, I'm fearful of whatever, um, you know, you choose how you're going to, you know, process that information coming to you and, you know, essentially how you're going to react to it. And that's what, you know, makes me either, you know, something positive or something negative. Okay, you know, I'm I'm scared of this big wave. I'm going to flee and go for safety because that's what, you know, I, you know, instinctively, you know, how I want to, or, you know, you can do the opposite. All right, I'm intimidated. I'm scared, but I know I'm ready to do this. I'm confident in myself. I've prepared and I'm not going to let it, affect me because I, I do know that I am, I am capable of this. And in that moment, you know, it turns from being something, um, you know, negative to something, you know, inspiring for me. And I went back out there to Cortez Bank and that's exactly what it was, you know, the most frightening experience, but so beautiful at the same time because I was able to turn it back into that, you know, positive motivator and and overcome it. And the second that you do that, and, and you're able to realize that, you know, you can control, you know, all these situations around you, and, you know, those ones that you're, you know, question if you're good enough or you, know, you know, if you're afraid of, of failure. Uh, you know, taking that fear and, you know, using it as an inspiration instead of a uh, an inhibitor, you know, the world is, is opened up, you know, world of opportunity is, is presented to you like, like never before. Um How would you describe Um,
1: how how would you describe the difference in you and your day to day life after going back out to Cortez Bank?
2: It's been you know it it wasn't that really it just kind of reaffirmed what I had realized you know throughout this year of processing everything, um, but you know in 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 general you know the whole you know uh, events um uh, a few. you know, very key factors is that, um, you know, it really puts it in perspective. It's all put in perspective what's really matters in this life. And say that, um, I'm sorry,
1: Greg, I'm sorry, that was breaking up there. Could you start that over again, please?
2: Um, you know, if I, if I were to really kind of sum up everything, you know, a, a lot of what happened in that session at Quartz's Bank, um, it was just reaffirming what I had learned throughout the course of the year. And you know, a, a two key things um you know that really put in the perspective of, of what really matters in life. And it's the materialist possessions, it's not, you know, my the job titles that we possess. Um you know, it is our true, you know, happiness that's within us. Um, you know, the beautiful company and friends and family that, that that we have, um and, and so fortunate to be a part of, um, uh, you know, the opportunity, you know, to love and experience life. And in the same time, you know, experience, you know, failures and, and the challenging times, because, um, you know, without them, you know, there's duality to, to everything in life. You can't, um, you know, experience or know what hot is without having cold. We can't, uh, you know, have success or, or, really be able to, I feel like enjoy it the way that we do without knowing what it feels like, like to, to fail. Mm. And, um, so everything it, was just building throughout the year of kind of these ideas and, and, and knowledge, and just going back out there. And, and we're speaking on kind of uh, you know the topic of fear that you can't. Um, I, I feel like ap- appreciate you know that um, enlightenment or you know that experience of, of overcoming it unless you've you know succumbed to it you know before as well. Yeah. And um, but just knowing. That you know, l- looking at the bigger picture of life, really, um, and, and embodying it all—you know, the ups and the downs—has um, ha- been the greatest, you know, gift for me, and, and something that this whole, uh, you know, ex- experience has, has given me the opportunity to, to really see and, and feel and um, and learn, or the opportunity to, to learn about in, in depth. Um, yeah. Well, it, you know, I. I
1: yeah. Well, and I'm, and I'm curious cause you, you've mentioned that, that this, this process is still unfolding, you know, you've, you know, where you are currently today, what's a, what's a, what's an insight into a challenge that you're, that you're up against today?
2: Um, I had. I mean, r- right now, you know, I, I've gone back and I'm, I'm surfing big waves again. Um, Still not with the confidence that I, you know, used to have, but it's you know slowly coming back, you know, to where I'm I'm enjoying it, having fun again, um, and you know, as I spoke earlier, I feel like I've stepped into this world of, um, you know, new opportunities, and I, I have my sights set on you know a, a few things that I would like to you know create in my life, um, you know, but I'm I'm still even knowing. And, and I talk so diligently about, you know, this concept of fear, um, I'm still hesitant, you know, on, on a couple of things to, to fully just take that dive and, and, and move in, into it because yeah. it's so new and, and foreign to me, you know, because again, all, all I'd really built or, you know, um, if you, if you ask me anything in the world about riding big waves, I can tell to you because that's what, um, you know, the that's last thing. 20 yeah. years of my life has been. So. Um, you know, there's still this hesitancy in these other I- ideas and, and you know, things I'd I like to do that I'm not um, you know, fully diving in head first because I'm 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 questioning, you yeah. know. And it it's hilarious. I, I laugh at myself all the time. But I guess uh you know, that that's part of again the, the, the growth process and, and well I'm glad you brought you know. it up
1: and I'm glad you brought up the laughter too because I think that we can get precious about this. The the first the first fallacy is that somehow we've got to get confident and then we can do something, but that that doesn't work. <laughs> and then and then and then even if we have a pattern of how we deal with fear, it's like expecting that to go away. And so even though the challenges change, the things that we're doing changes, it sounds like you're able to recognize. Well, here, oh, there I go. I'm doing my thing again. That's my thing I do with fear, and that's not going to go away throughout the rest of your life. So I'm glad. You I did. mean, go ahead.
2: I I feel like if it if it ever did, you know, and you know that you would have reached enlightenment and you know ascended into the heavens, you know that that's, that's not, um, you know, it, it's always going to be there. And you know, as subtle as it is, sometimes you know that that little bit of ego that's you know. Um, you know, going to jump out at you with, you know, whatever, you know, this kind of deconstructive you know, thoughts or, or self ridicule or, 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 you know, questioning of, oh, you n- you can't really do that. You're not good enough. that but, but just being able to acknowledge that that's all that it actually is. Um, and that you don't have to let it, you know, stifle your, you know, creativity or, or actually moving forward with any of these things. Um, and, you know, I, I, I catch myself all the time, you know, even still, and I, and I laugh and, yeah, the key to that, overcoming that, is, you know, slowing down and, again, monthly, um, you know, approaching whatever it is, you know, with kind of, you know, rational, you know, thought processes. It's not just that reactive mind of, you know, of the ego, but, okay, which, you know, of these emotions is actually, you know, real. And then the same way I approached, you know, my big wave surfing was with a very diligent, methodical manner, you know. Assessing the risk versus the reward, and you know what I need to do to you know you know manage any of the risks, and you know what I need to do to get from you know step A to step B, and is it feasible? And really assessing all of the you know you know all encompassing you know elements to whatever it is you know you're going to do, you know what you know I'm looking to next, and and then you know moving forward, whatever direction it is, you know actually acting upon you know those ideas.
1: I love it. You know, acknowledge what's going on. Don't don't try and bullshit yourself, but then also acknowledge the fear and and move forward, you know. I, and there was another the thing in here of like what's really driving us? Is it that egoic thing, is it that fear-based not enough thing? Um I'm really glad that you didn't get stuck in okay, big wave surfing sucks for me. I don't big wave surf anymore. It's more about what's driving me. If I'm going to do Mm -hmm. something, what's the mindset that I'm bringing or what's the motivation that I'm bringing there? And I think that a lot of us can close off huge aspects of our life because we get stuck on the thing instead of the mindset or the experience that we bring to it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And that's where it gets to get redefined. We get to have a second act in that area. Well, I can do this in a frantic, fearful, defensive place. Well, that's draining. Or maybe I can find the fun. Where's the curiosity? Where's the playfulness? Um, I'm really glad that you you touched on that.
2: It, it has to. I mean, no matter what you're doing, it has to be you know from a place of of fun and love and enjoyment. Um, yeah, you know, that's one thing that I've you know le- learned from all of this. That's you know that that's what we're here to to experience. You know, and if we're You know, if you start doing things for the wrong reasons, the wrong motivation, it's going to, you know, you may be able to sustain it for a while, but it's eventually going to catch up to you to where you need to, you know, you know, either change that motivation or, you know, change what you're actually doing or, you know, find find a way of, you know, of encompassing that, that fun and lightheartedness into whatever, you know, your, your activity it is because, um, you know we're we're here to be happy and and love and, and and enjoy this life and if if you're not doing that and you're not surrounded by that you know people who bring that into you you know occupation that you know provides that to you at least you know um gives you the opportunity to experience that you know maybe not necessarily in the workplace but beyond it um you've you've missed the point you know exactly um or or you know in in, in my opinion
1: I, I I agree with you. I I do agree with you. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. It's so easy to get caught up on achievements and stuff, but as you said, uh, those the are
2: achievements in the end. Are, you know, those are those are secondary to, um, you know, to that to that real happiness that's you know comes from in, inside you. That um, you know, there, there is, you know, this kind of self gratification of accomplishing things and and whatever else, but it's um. Uh, you know, it's about the bigger picture and the, and the whole journey in the end. Um, and and that has to be based around, you know, love and, and, and happiness and, you know, respect and, and gratitude and appreciation for, you know, where you're at and what you have in, in, in your life. You know, if you're basing it upon, you know, solely upon its achievements, um, you know, that, yeah, that can bring, you know, some sort of gratification, but there's a lot deeper deeper... Um, fulfillment that that comes from, you know, those other aspects.
1: Exactly. You know, my my coach uh we were talking the other day and I don't know who where, where this quote came from, but he says we can't get enough of what we don't really need. And you know, I think of that in terms of so many things like the accomplishments, but also the a sense of cer- a certainty or security. It's like I wonder if I wonder if we really need that much certainty and that much of a false sense of security um because it never seems like it's ever enough. So, um you know especially with the achievements too it's just that longing that that you know that bottomless pit of desire for those things that we really don't need anyway so mm-hmm. greg greg i really appreciate you you we've been all over the place today and you've really opened the kimono and and um especially in a, in a in a sport that that can be a lot of, of in a very subtle way some chest thumping and and you know big balls out there and you've really shown true strength in my opinion to 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 reveal what's really been going on for you and so uh, I'm, I'm just excited you're on here to, to talk about this, um, about your experience. Thank you so much.
2: Well, yeah, thanks again for having me, Tip. And, um, yeah, it's uh, the, ch- the challenges are never never going to stop. And just enjoy them and, and use those, again, as uh, the next stepping stone to learn and grow from. So I appreciate you uh, having me on and, and taking the time and sharing uh, your insight as well.
1: There's so much more to the new man than these interviews. So visit the newmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.